And we are elementary ed majors, seniors, graduating in December, almost to student teaching. Yay, yay. Crazy. So, mm-hmm. Yep. We're looking to make an honors project to connect our elementary ed major with something that we're all passionate about, which is socio-emotional learning in schools. So the content of our podcast is going to be for educators, made by educators, to help equip teachers in how to best teach socio-emotional learning in their classrooms. Yeah, we really wanted to provide a supportive and encouraged resource for teachers going through some troubling times and um, just providing that space to talk. Yeah, it should be good. So, my name is Julie Doolittle. I'm Taylor Hinman. And I'm Alyn Bradkiv. Um, And we're all about to adventure into the elementary ed world and um we all have different things that we want to do with it a little bit but we're all very excited about the kids um i'm hoping to student teach with the department of defense in spain hopefully we'll see um next semester so that should be really exciting and then i don't really know after that but we'll see super super fun and then i'm looking to stay in the good old manhattan um to student teach and then looking on to get a school counseling degree I'm trying my best to get out there to California. (laughs) It's a little difficult, but I'm crossing my fingers and hoping to be in the Yosemite area. So outdoor education is one of my passions alongside what Taylor said with social emotional structure. Now, I bet you're looking at our podcast name and saying to yourself, self, what on earth is that word and what does it mean? And how do you even say it? (laughs) I keep messing it up. (laughs) Well, I'm here to explain that to you, and it is titled eudaimonia. It is a a term coined in Greek philosophy, and according to the Encyclopedia Britannica, it is defined as the condition of human flourishing. Now, this is super important to all of us, and Taylor will explain a little bit more about why it's so important. Yeah, I mean... I bet you can remember from your childhood that we spend most of our time in school. Um, And a lot of things that happen at home affect what happens in our schools and the way that we're able to learn. Um, And as kids continue to experience harsh things at home, as well as teachers experiencing things at home and having to come into the workplace to support their kids, um, we need to adapt our teaching strategies and our classrooms to be supportive Um, and safe places for students to be able to learn even if home is not a safe place. So a couple little statistics here from um, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration. Um, It is reported that more than two-thirds of children have at least one traumatic event by the age of 16, and we know that there's so much more that isn't reported as well as um, different PTSD things that can develop secondhand or just hearing about things. Um, So kids have their own individual things happening at home as well as community-wide events that happen and can affect kids. So our goal is to try to equip teachers with what to do with that and how to best support children in their classrooms. I have had a meeting recently with one of my great professors, Mike Finnegan, and in it um, we actually talked about one of my biggest fears going into teaching. And do tell. Yeah. Yes, it was very, very, you know, insightful because um, through his coaching stance, we were able to figure out that I am terrified 
of what happens to kids when they go home. Mm-hmm. I have yeah. no yeah. control over it. And it's so scary to me that they can go home to an environment that is not conducive for their development and mm-hmm. is just in general um, an awful experience to be living in. So um, that was crazy that you talked about that and tied that in. And I just like to bring that up because it's important to self-reflect even in your own media. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it really points to why we're doing this podcast specifically over this topic is that I think as educators, especially like going through an elementary ed program, I don't think I have been equipped enough on how to handle students that come in with all sorts of different kinds of traumas. Um, and I just really want more information and to know how to best um, just like help those kids and um, just know what to do in those situations. So I really hope that through learning and talking and whatnot on this podcast, we can just really be able to help others be equipped if that makes sense. For um, sure. Yeah. So we are going to set this up in a little way that allows us to have like three main ideas. And so we're going to focus on the students, the teachers. And- whoa, whoa, whoa. I feel like I've been hearing a lot of words that are, you know, thrown about like socio-emotional learning and trauma-informed mm-hmm. education. Yep, I don't know. There's just so many things that are coming through and I don't really know what they mean or how to do them. This is, this is true. They're kind of hot-button topics in education right now. Really but we, we have been hearing and seeing is that a lot of people are trying to implement this in your, their schools and throwing a lot of facts at you, as we have done just a little yes. bit on this podcast thus far. <sighs> but the practical piece and what to add into your day-to-day classrooms and lessons to actually help students build resiliency skills and know how to process their emotions and things like that seem to be a little bit lacking. Thus the reason for our podcast. Yes, we hope to address a lot of those different areas and be able to equip teachers and how to handle all of these things. But um, we thought we would do it in like three different main ideas and topics. So we're going to focus on the students, on the teachers, and on the community. Um, so as we go throughout this podcast, you're going to hear those three areas that then together are going to help us be able to have good trauma-informed educators. So yeah. Woo! I hope through this introduction you guys got to see some of our personalities shine through and really get engaged and attached to this community because we're really going to get out what we put into this conversation. These are conversations that need to be had and I am so excited to continue this journey with my peers and educators alike. Score! And now, a few few words words from from our sponsor. sponsor. Hey girl. (laughs) Welcome, welcome to our podcast. Thanks for having me. (laughs) This is one of our professors that we had in block B of our undergrad degree. Um, and she really helped us get this off the ground, came helped come up with the idea, took some of these passions that we had well i mean you deserve all the good (laughs) but take some of these things we're passionate about and give us a way to share it with the world and help equip teachers so dr pesnell what are some classroom experiences that you have had that you feel play into the topic of this maybe just share some of your classroom experience in general how long did you teach what do you do now Sure. I don't think we have enough time for me to go into all of that, but I'll try to wrap it up as much. Okay. Yeah, give you a quick little review. So 
Um, this is my 25th year in education, and I've spent um, most of that time in the public school system, um, 15 years of it in the classroom, uh, in the elementary classroom, K-5. Um, and now I am privileged to get to work with pre-service teachers like yourselves, um, Block B here at K-State. Go Cats. Woo-hoo! Go, Go Cats. Cats. <laughs> and um, I teach um, elementary science methods. Um, in the undergraduate program, but then I also teach elementary math and science methods in the graduate level in the MAT program. But, um, so, stories from the field, huh? And, and how does it relate to this topic? So, um, to be honest with you, I didn't have a lot of training on social emotional learning or trauma-informed. We're shocked. Uh, I know, right? I know. It's so ideas. Exactly. It's so relevant. Um, and so a lot of it I learned, you know, as I went, obviously. Um, but um, and I had a lot of I did have some good um, training, I guess you could as a background. I do have um, I have my elementary education certification as well as my special ed certification. Um, and English as a second language as well. And so I did have some, I hate to say tricks in my tool belt, but tools, you know, in my tool belt to help me work off of that. Obviously, one of the most important, um, in my opinion, is the relationships that you create with the students. And there's no way that you're going to know if your students are struggling if you don't have a relationship with them because they're not going to open up to you. Um, well, I say there's no way. I mean, you're probably going to figure it out if they're having behavior issues or whatnot, but they're going to be more vulnerable and more willing to respond to you, to interact with you if you've created relationships um, with them or at least tried to cultivate those, as well as creating a, an environment um, that allows for community of learners or allows for risk meeting, um, and it's open. Um, now, having said all of that, I can think back to some very specific um, examples when I taught first grade, uh, in first grade, and that would be about six or seven years old, okay? And I had two students in the same class who had already experienced traumas in their life that I haven't even had to experience as an adult. That's huge. It is huge, it was big. And um, both of them, had already tried to commit suicide before coming into my class at first grade. Like, that's just sad. Mm -hmm. And I knew, so I knew going into this year that I, there were going to be struggles. Um, and I had, a, I had a support system that worked with me. The counselors were great. Um, we, they were able to come in and, and help me create a physical environment um, for those students. So one of the things that the support system helped me do was to look at my classroom environment and set up a safe, so to speak, environment for our students. Um, and one of the things I had to watch for was all of the electrical cords um, and outlets. Um, evidently, the electrical cords was, I don't want to say a trigger, but it was something that some of the students used um, in an effort to harm themselves. And so, um, I had to be sure that all of them were 
you know, cabled and clipped up and out of out of a way of students in a, in a way that we I normally hadn't thought about those, you know. Um, and so that was that was just one way that um, that they helped support. It also had because these students were volatile um, and had behavior issues. They also were prone to outbursts um, that were a physical threat, especially to me. I had lots of things thrown at me and, and um, shoved at me and, you know, bit, things like that. Um, I had worked out a system with the counselor when we needed to uh, evacuate the classroom in instances like that. And so I had a colored piece of construction paper that hung on a magnet at my door. And um, if I needed the counselor to come for any reason, I just sent a student down with that piece of paper. It had nothing on it. It was just that colored piece of paper. And she knew this is from, you know, Miss Pesnell's class and I need to go down there. Um, and so um, one of the counselors would come and help support and whatever they could do. So, you know, and now did I always have that kind of support? No. Um, and you worked with what you had. Um, but I also sought out training that I knew could help support me. You know, I was trained in the restraining, you know, the physical behavioral type um, trainings that were needed for that type of, I don't remember exactly what all of those acronyms were at that time. I'm sure they've changed now, but yeah. But, you know, over the years you, you learn and you adapt and, and you use all of those from the previous year to help support you. Um, have that support though and um, you kind of need to have that balance though as well as that trauma that's at school and then how do I go home how do I kind of decompress from it how do I deassociate you know with it and it's hard because you know they're going home too and they're probably not in the best environment um, but you that support system is important so whether it's a teacher that you go out with after work one day and you just chill um, or you go to choir practice as we call it happy hour because <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't talk about you didn't want to talk about happy hour in front of the students so you called it choir, choir practice. practice wow so we were headed to choir practice so we went to choir practice a lot <laughs> you gotta pick up some you know, singing yes um so i mean no but you 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 know, that's an important part of this job um, is to find your tribe and use your tribe. Mm -hmm. I think something that's so important that I am really appreciative for is that you're part of our tribe. And I think that you know, that's not something that we get with every professor that we have. And we just greatly appreciate all of your input into this project because seriously you motivate and inspire us to do so much great work and development oh. in the class so thank you so much dr Pesnell. Thank yes you thank you and also just like pulling out a few of those important things that you talked about mm -hmm. that we want to talk about in our podcast you yeah. talked about common classroom things that can be triggers for students you talked about both how to support your students who are struggling and the other students in the class um, you talked about ways that you were both prepared and unprepared because I mean a lot of those things were very unexpected for the grade that you were teaching. Um, you talked about how to create that support system, how to utilize staff in the school, um, how to take care of yourself 
and your students. Mm -hmm. um, and then even how to try and support other really young students who are having to learn how to support their peers, like how to create that classroom dynamic of support and resiliency. Um, yeah, take out the, oh, are we gonna, okay, great. <laughs> that didn't happen. But, but um, overall, I just, we really appreciate you and sharing your stories in the ways that that perfectly helped cast some vision for what we want to do with our podcast and just things that as an educator you experienced, um, ways that you worked to prepare yourself and ways that you had to be flexible. Um, and we want to provide some extra tools for educators to have in their tool belt, um, whether they're already in the field or whether they are getting ready to go into student teaching or getting a, a big job. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, those are some of our goals for the podcast. We thank you so much for the ways that you've inspired us and even your willingness to share stories with us because these are the stories we don't hear necessarily, but that we need to because it's going to happen once we get into the field and we need to be prepared. So thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for asking. Of course. Well, smash the subscribe button. <laughs> <laughs> pew, 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 pew. Hit the like and... Join us next time on Eudaimonia. Thank you.